Hey guys, welcome to Because I Said So, the podcast where we discuss age and how it affects how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive others, and the conversations that we have because of it. Thank you for listening, and please leave a review to support the podcast. Thank you. We have a very special guest today. She is a good friend of mine. Gabby, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, my name is Gabby S. Um, I was on the Hemphal cross country team with with um, Virginia. And yeah, now I go to Emory. Yeah. And so obviously, Gabby just graduated pretty recently. I mean, not this year, but the year before. Um, so she's been in college during COVID. And that's kind of what we're going to start with. So first talk a little bit about your college experience, especially as it relates to COVID and like deciding schools, but also kind of just starting out. Well, deciding schools, I can start with that since I guess that happened first. Um, Deciding schools was not fun because I ended up deciding between a couple of schools that I had never been to before. And that really stressed me out because I was like, I can't move somewhere I've never been. And then I decided on the very last day possible that I was going to go to Emory. So yeah, because I just ended up driving down that day and it was like, seems fine to me, even though the campus is empty. Um, yeah, you can tell them about I, the story with that because our coach actually did something really cool for you there. Yeah, so I remember like the day it was like, you had to decide where you're going, like I think April 30th or something. And it was like April 29th. And I was like, Lewis, I can't do it. I don't know where I'm going. I've never been. And I was deciding between like Emory and the other one was Washu. And I was like, I've never been to either of them. And I have to decide tomorrow. She's like, okay, you can choose like one of them to visit tomorrow. Like you don't have time to do both. And I'll drive you to them. Cause like my parents had to work and stuff. So on April 30th, she drove me down to Emory to visit and I walked around and I was like, this is, yeah, this should be good. <laughs> it yeah. was really sweet of her. I'm very, Lewis, if you're listening, many thank yous. <laughs> yeah, which I think is so cool, but also speaks to kind of just like everything about COVID being so out of control and like so unexpected. Um, but also, yeah, going back in person, what was that first like? What, like, what were your concerns and then what was like the reality of the situation? So one thing I was concerned about is we didn't have roommates. So I was like, and I feel like I had heard from other people that when you get to college, like you, one of the first people you make friends with is your roommate. I was like, I'm in a single room by myself. So I was a little bit worried about like being harder to meet people. And it definitely was, but then also like, I mean, everyone's in the same boat. So it's not like I'm having a hard time like meeting people because like, you're also like in your dorm a lot because you're taking online classes so it's just like you're not doing the things you would normally so it's you're not around as many people so I was a little bit worried about that but since everyone's kind of in the same dealing with it as well I don't know you just it just worked out I guess I don't know what else to say that everyone else like realized what was going on they wouldn't they didn't think it was weird that you were like having to like do classes in your room for like six hours. I think normally if I was like, all right, gotta not leave my dorm until like five o'clock today, people think that's weird. But like last year it was normal. So 
Yeah. How did you go about making friends? Because like you said, I mean, obviously things were like a bit different and I'm sure that they also didn't have as many of like those like introductory out like activities out with everybody. So what happened? Um, I actually made a good friend group of like people who lived right next to me because you, I don't know, we just like ran into each other all the time and be like, hey, are you free for dinner tonight? And then yeah, so my friend group, there's like five of us in it, and we've stayed pretty good friends um, into this school year as well. And so like four of them like lived on a corner of my, four of us lived on the corner of my floor last year. And then the other one just like lived somewhere else randomly. But honestly, I feel like a lot of people just like made friends more than usual with people that were around them because it was just hard to meet people other ways. Because like they had some events but I like after being on zoom class like I am not going to a zoom club meeting you cannot force me to do that yeah it's like zoom like bingo night with zoom icebreakers like that's not the most appealing oh I can't I can't do a breakout room ever no no and it, that's just so much more awkward than like a normal interaction where they're like okay get into this group it's like sending in the, oh it's just awful um but also going in person what precautions did Emory take because I feel like from what you've told me that they were a little bit better than some other schools yeah definitely well first of all last year only the freshmen went like were on living on campus and stuff and normally like freshmen and sophomores all live on campus and then a lot of the upperclassmen as well but this past year like only freshmen were there um which was and then they spaced us out a ton um so like no roommates um and and of course we were masked the whole time most classes were I had like I'm a chem major so I had my chem class and my lab for that class in person but everything else was online and we had like First semester we had like weekly testing and then second semester twice a week so it was oh and then the contact tracing if you got like sick or someone I know this too well um if you got sick or someone around you got sick then you would get contact traced and you would be put in quarantine or isolation so so how many times did you get contact traced so okay (laughs) I got contact traced twice but I was two weeks into like my freshman like the first semester I was like I got sick which is very normal for me I tend to get sick a lot but I just like got something and since it was like the very beginning of the school year they were being so cautious even though I kept testing negative for COVID Mm -hmm. so they put me in isolation so that was the beginning of freshman year and then like right before we were about to leave um that's first semester also like for Thanksgiving um one of my friends, like I was in class and I remember like one of my friends was like, I'm so sorry, guys. I just tested positive out. And I saw that and I was like, no. So that was the second time. The first time I got contact traced. And then the second time was at the very end of this past semester. And I was again about to go home. And like we were, I was about to get my second dose of the vaccine. And um, my friend texts and she's, um, she was like, it was like the same text. Like I tested positive. And I just like can't, could not believe it. I was like, again, it's like we the were worst done. timing, the worst timing too, when you're yeah. about to go home. Yeah. Like, and it was like both times, like two days where I was supposed to leave, I got quarantined. Luckily both times I could just like come home and like finish my quarantine there since that way and the natural aren't too far and I could drive myself. But like, 
felt that for some people who were really stuck, especially first semester when they were stuck during Thanksgiving and uh, they spent Thanksgiving walking in the hotel room by themselves. <laughs> so is that what they did? Did they like transport people who were quarantining like to a hotel room off campus? Yeah, so there's this hotel. It's really close to campus. It's called the Emory Conference Center Hotel. Um, and it was like they had a van and you just knew if that van was like driving by that someone <laughs> no. in there was being quarantined um like in the, in the van was like there's like all of the like the people driving it would have like face shields and masks and like these suits on and then they have like plastic in between like the front seats and the back seats it was very like <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then with you yeah. I know that yeah I know that this is something that we talked about but how did you set boundaries with people who you felt like maybe weren't being the safest about COVID or who you wished were being like more responsible um, and just in general, like with socializing and things like that. Yeah, I mean, first semester, honestly, like I could kind of tell like right off the bat who people who were like just not gonna care about like not getting COVID were gonna be. So like my friends were generally pretty good. And there's like one little incident like second semester where I was like, you guys need to tone it down. And I just like had to say it for them to be like, yeah, we do. And, and it was fine. So I feel like sometimes from in my experience, like people are just kind of need to hear it from someone else that like maybe it's not the best idea to go out <laughs> all the time. Um, I mean, especially somebody close to them. That's like a close friend. Yeah, I feel like there's a, yeah. I was just like, you guys, like it doesn't just affect you. Like you, <laughs> I can't get quarantined again. And then I did, but like they weren't that, I wasn't mad about that because they were being safe at that point. But yeah, it was, I felt like since I honestly didn't really mind overall, just since it didn't take, I don't know. It's not like I had to really like force them to stop doing anything. I think I just like, like, Hey, I'm not comfortable with this. And they're like, yeah, you're right. This is not good. So. Yeah. And I think it's good to hear that too, that you can maybe say those things or like set those boundaries and people respond well. Like you had friends that like responded well and weren't combative about it or too defensive about it and then going into this school year what precautions are you guys planning on taking at Emory like do you know um yeah well everyone's required to be vaccinated which is good um so I don't and then there's a lot of um like I mean in-person stuff like inside is masked required but like and then other than that it's more normal which is good because mm-hmm. especially with the vaccination requirement and not I think it's good yeah which so perfectly to- yeah <laughs> exactly yeah, not which, doing anything good, but like <laughs> exactly I think which perfectly leads us into your internship this summer so can you tell us a little bit about like what you did this summer um and what like your job was so yeah, so this summer I worked for a group at Vanderbilt um, called the Vanderbilt Vaccine Research Research Program, and specifically within that group, I worked with um, for this network called the Season Network, which stands for Clinical Immunization Safety Assessment, and that is a CDC-funded network of academic medical centers that basically addressed individual like vaccine safety questions. So if someone had like some I don't know, side or something happened to them after they got the vaccine, they might report it to CISA. And then 
all of the doctors at those medical centers would come together to host a consultation to basically decide like whether they think the um, vaccine was related to in some way, like whatever, uh, whatever thing they experienced and whether or not they should get like the second dose of the vaccine or like future vaccines. So my job in all of that was I would, um, I did basically a lot of like the pre-work and the post-work for those consultations where uh, for the pre-work, I would help in like making the like little presentations for the consultations, um, which like involved going through like that patient's like medical records and like maybe doing like a search through all the literature to see if anyone has published anything similar to this for it to be included. And then the post-work would be like, um, writing a summary of like what happened in the meeting um, and then um, helping like write a letter to the patient's doctor for them to like summarize what the recommendations of the CESA group would be. So yeah. Yeah, which is <laughs> definitely, definitely. Oh, go ahead. And the CESA has existed for like 20 years, but now it's like all COVID vaccines. So, um, which is kind of funny because it's very like time appropriate, if you like. <laughs> Exactly. It's, that's what I think is so cool. Like did, when you were going into this and like you'd first kind of applied and gotten into all of this, did you know that it was going to be about the vaccine and like COVID? No, I was just like, I just knew I was going to be working at the, like the office I do, the vaccine research program. And I was like, this sounds great. I'm going to, I'm going to have a good time. And then I found out it was about the COVID vaccine. I was like, even better. <laughs> so Yeah. yeah. And what do you, I mean, obviously that you did so much and probably learned so much, but what were some of like the biggest things that you learned that you feel like are especially applicable to what's going on right now? Um, honestly, I feel like I learned a lot about um, just like the uh, one, like the way they think through like these kinds of problems. Like I just seeing them like look through all the, the available information and they'll just like ask questions about like something that would happen in the patient's life that I just like wouldn't have thought to ask. So it was different. I would say I learned a lot about like how they would like think critically about solving these kinds of problems. And then I also learned a lot about um, like the whole process that's like and like system that's set up for like vaccine safety surveillance, like even before COVID vaccines, which is good. Like um, there's like a database called VAERS that the CDC and the FDA co-manage um, like you can, that people report things to. And then there's like my office. So I learned a lot about that, which is good. And I, I, I didn't know these things existed, but I'm glad they do like just in case uh, some, there's some rare side effects, so. Yeah, and then, I mean, I know that this is kind of adjacent to what you were working on, but what did you learn as well about like the vaccine efficacy? Cause obviously that's a big topic right now, especially living around where we live I would say that there's a lot of places adjacent that vaccine efficacy is a hot button yeah. issue yeah um sorry are you asking about vaccine hesitancy or efficacy <laughs> I mean honestly both and either because I feel like efficacy is important to fighting the hesitancy <laughs> I mean honestly like one thing that's been emphasized a lot by the people I've worked with is that just like these are really good vaccines and what they're really good at is like preventing uh like severe disease and just because you hear like a story about someone who gets like a breakthrough case doesn't mean you shouldn't get vaccinated like that's kind of not like yeah they 
are also supposed to prevent you from getting the actual disease, but what they're really supposed to do is prevent you from getting really sick from the disease. And that's what they're really good at. Even if you hear stories about like someone who's fully vaccinated still getting COVID, like I'm just gonna say they're really good vaccines. Like, and yeah. Um, and then for the vaccine hesitancy thing, um, I mean, it's good to like listen to people, I think about their concerns because they're valid. I mean, if you're worried about something, but I think people should maybe try to be open to listening to like healthcare professionals about what the, I don't know about vaccine safety and how well it works and stuff. So. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting too, because obviously like a lot of your work was based in kind of like responding to those concerns that people had. And so like, when you talk to your like healthcare professional, like they can get the information that will help you. It just has to be a dialogue. Cause I think that one of the biggest issues is how politicized it's gotten. Um, and so I was wondering yeah. if you had any opinions on that as well. Yeah. I mean, it's not really something I think should be politicized really. I mean, it's in my brain, it's very simple that like you should get vaccinated to protect yourself and others. And it's not like, I don't know, like a lot, I think a lot of like the theories out there about vaccines in general are pretty, I don't know, like the microchip thing. We, we were literally talking about this yesterday. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just very far-fetched. It's very like, what, what, where did that come from? Yeah. It's just, I don't understand. So some of like the, I just really don't understand why it's so politicized because it's like, Exactly. It's like no one's out to get you with these vaccines. They're after. They're just trying to help. Like we just want the whole pandemic to be over. <laughs> exactly. I think that it's it's just interesting because it feels like the whole pandemic in general has been so politicized. Because it's like if this was a different disease, like we just found like a vaccine for like some other disease, some other like just like widespread illness, and nobody would be having this like freak out about it. Yeah. I think just since it's COVID, like. It's, it's, it's really yeah, weird. I don't know. I mean, everything about COVID, I feel like people politicize for no reasons. Like, masks and stuff, like, I don't understand what the issue is. Like, yeah. It's just, I hear these things, I just, like, struggle to keep it together, because I'm like, what is even going on? Like, it's. No, I, I agree. Know. I agree. And it's, well, it's like, I think that I was especially struck by, I mean, this past week, seeing in the news the stuff about Williamson County, the county that's kind of like next to ours and seeing the protests there and people threatening doctors. And, and it's, I'm aware that that's not everybody who's hesitant about the vaccine or who's hesitant about masks. I know that that's not everybody, but it's like a portion of people. I, but I was just struck by that because it's like, I just don't, I can't comprehend that level of, I, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I think it's just one of the hard things like having like talking to people who have that different viewpoint because it's just I have I don't even understand where it's coming from myself so I don't like know what to say like though like when they like when they're so against like masks or vaccines because they think it's gonna do this thing or that thing and I'm just like what I I don't know yeah I think that in like a lot of political issues it's 
it's a little bit easier to be like, okay, well, they want the same thing as me. Like, I can kind of see how maybe this perspective could have been skewed by this background or hearing this part like of news or things like that um, and have like a little bit more empathy for like where they're coming from. But in this, I think I just don't, I don't have any way to gauge where this is coming from. Yeah, I just... Yeah, some, I think sometimes I can relate to, like, something about what people are protesting against, even if I don't, like, personally believe it, but sometimes with, like, I just don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. Hard to, like, understand where they're coming from, and I know, like, that's part of having, like, a dialogue about it and, like, like telling people, like, it's not, like, these vaccines aren't bad and they're trying to help, but, like, sometimes I just don't know what to say if that if like their beliefs are so far away from mine so yeah and what is like one of the number one things that you wish either people who are vaccine hesitant knew or that you wish maybe we could have a dialogue about um probably also disclaimer I'm not an expert yeah. <laughs> it's just my yeah, yeah I just want to put it out there um but I would probably say that I mean, I think I already said it, but, like, no one's out to get you with the vaccine. Like, no one's trying to, like, hurt you or give you something that's, like, going to make things worse. They're just, they're just trying to help. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think it would it just, no one's, like, really trying to hurt you with the vaccine. Like, no one's going to, like, produce, like, these vaccines as like a trick it's not that Mm -hmm. it's just so the pandemic would be over so and people would be safe and protected so yeah and looking forward I want to ask you what do you look forward to most about having hopefully a normal normal college experience soon like what are you most excited to do once things are kind of like back to normal back to normal yeah um well, one thing is like this year, there's going to be like a lot of more people on campus now because more than like just freshmen than it was this past year. So I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be kind of overwhelming at first to go from only seeing like a quarter of the people that will be there now. Um, and then also in-person classes. Um, I was talking to Hannah Chen the other day. Um, love her. Hannah shout Chen, out. for listening. <laughs> yeah, shout out. She was like, I was like, Hannah, I'm not ready to take classes again. Like, I just, I don't want to study. I don't want to like take tests or do projects. And she was like, you don't even know what you're not prepared for yet. Cause you've never had like a normal college experience. So I was like, okay, fair enough. I need to like actually know what like all in-person classes are like. Cause I don't know. So I'm excited to see what that's going to be like. And is there anything that like you're clubs. nervous? Oh yeah, clubs too. But is there anything that you're nervous for going back as well? I mean, besides obviously like the classes and things like that, but then if you're nervous about anything of like the reopening, because I know for me, I was a little bit overwhelmed at first going back to school and having that many people. Cause I was like, I don't know if I'm like ready to socialize in that like huge setting like that. So I was wondering if you have any of those similar things. No, definitely like that. Um, <laughs> I there's gonna be a lot of people there like I'm used to having like a thousand people on campus and there's gonna be like how many are there like six thousand oh gosh wow. I can't even imagine I cannot imagine like, there's gonna be like so many more people around all the time or like I'm gonna have a roommate oh my god I haven't talked to her yet 
Oh no, Kathy. Okay. <laughs> and how, okay, how yeah, when do you go back to school? I'm um, moving a week from today, but I'm leaving <laughs> Saturday. I got to up. Okay, so one week before she hasn't talked to her, but that's okay. She's thriving. <laughs> so I'm so nervous about that. But now that I think about it, uh well maybe it's a perfect match because maybe you guys are just both introverted. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna go with that. Not like completely. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh no, that is so bad. Um, okay, but Gabby, thank you so much for being on today. <laughs> thank you so much for being on, and I hope everybody enjoys this episode too. No, <laughs> but do you have any last things that you want to add? Um, I need to go talk to my roommate. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, have me. <laughs> yeah, and again, thank you, Gabby, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Go get vaccinated, please. Um, bye.